0: hello and welcome to the music teacher coffee talk podcast i'm carrie
1: and i'm tanya we are both elementary music teachers who love to talk shop preferably over a steaming cup of coffee this is episode 117. today we'll be talking about setting up the music room for a new school year we'll also talk about our highs and lows from the week discuss some ideas in our know better do better segment share a work smarter not harder teacher tip
0: And in our CODA section, we'll give some specific recommendations of our favorite things we are enjoying in and out of the music room. So grab your beverage of choice and let's get started.
1: And now it's time to talk about our highs and lows from the school week, even though we have not had students yet i'm sure you had highs and lows carrie what what stood out
0: um so many things so as you'll be hearing a lot in this episode Dear listener, Tanya and I are both at new schools this year, Um, so obviously a big high is, you know, getting into a new school environment and meeting new staff, although that can be kind of a low. So I just want to say this for all of the introverts out there because I I feel you when it comes to all this back-to-school stuff and, um, like forced staff bonding stuff I'm not, I'm not a big fan i i'm not gonna lie like it makes me sometimes uncomfortable to turn and talk to somebody that i still like don't know and i know the whole point is to get to know them but at the same time i'm like i just i don't like small talk i don't like chit chat i don't like bonding with the. Well, what are
1: you- <laughs> we doing here then carrie <laughs>
0: But see, I'll do it with you, Tanya, because, like, I know you. It's it's the whole getting to know new people thing. I used to be a lot better at this when I was younger. As I get older, I think I'm just like, I have my friends. I have my family. I have my people. I understand having relationships with your coworkers is important. I'm not saying that that work isn't important. I'm just saying for people like me, it is hard. That's all. Okay. So I just want to put it out there that if you're like me, I feel you. We'll get through it, these beginning of the year meetings, that for me is a little bit of a of a low but in general it was a high like getting into my new room meeting new staff my my new principal is awesome i'm just really excited about where i'm at so i'm kind of mostly high but i just wanted to share that little low too hope that's okay no of course yeah. <laughs> i cheated a high low yeah how about you tanya um yeah
1: well it's it's very exciting i i have loved getting to know the staff. Not that I really feel like I know the staff. Um, and similar to you, I'm going to kind of, well, okay. I am the only new person on the staff, save the traveling amp team who are not there all the time. So I'm the only full-time person who is brand new at the school. Ah, yeah. And so I have a bit of a learning curve. So there's emails coming out and like, talk at staff meetings of things with acronyms that I don't know. Like I just got an email from my principal yesterday that was like, um, if anybody's interested in OG training, I think that's what the initials oh, yeah. Were. It's yeah. like a please literacy let us program. know because and and these staff members have had OG training and really found it valuable. And I'm like, what the world is OG training? Like You know and and like oh don't forget everyone teacher sweepstakes is coming up and i'm like what is teacher sweeps (laughs) like i have to go and ask the art teacher like what's this what's this and it's all good because everyone is on the same page except for me and and i don't want to be that person um Today is Saturday and I went into school and I'm thankful that again, my poor art teacher, she's probably like sick of me, but I like texted her and I said, okay, so I'm going into school. I think this is the procedure for security. Is this right? And, and she was like, yes, but also do this and also do like all these norms. So I'm re I'm trying to renorm to this building and I have to like be a detective on my own. So I'm kind of, Right. You know, right. that that's kind of um, draining because I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. And now I got to find out. But do I really? Because does it pertain to me? All of that is kind of like sucking me dry. But yeah, because I got stuff, other stuff, of course, like teaching children that I want to focus on.
0: Right. Yeah. Gets Get, get you know. through all this stuff and yeah. get to the kiddos. Yeah.
1: But I'll, it, it'll happen. You know, it's just the beginning growing pain thing.
0: Yep. So now it is time for our main theme, and today we are going to talk about setting up the music room. We've never done a full podcast devoted to just setting up the music room, but we figured since both of us are setting up a music room in a new school, which is, you know, extra thinking and extra work, could be a good time to talk through Well, we've been talking about a lot off mic, like every day, calling each other like, what do you think about this? How I keep sending each other pictures, all that stuff. Um, And we also, we realize that some of you have already done this. Some of you are with students already. But we're hoping that maybe you might hear something that could still be helpful if you're still kind of rearranging or maybe something to think about for next year. And then those of you who haven't gone back yet, there you go. Hopefully this will be somewhat helpful and obviously everyone does things differently, but it's just fun to kind of get a peek into someone else's space. And our plan is we're going to commit to this Tanya, right? Um, this, once this episode comes out, um, we're going to have some videos and pictures and things on our Instagram and Facebook account. We actually can see our rooms in action and see some of these things we're talking about today. Yes. Cool.
1: Yeah. I got lots of before pictures.
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I have some before, I have some during, which is really scary, and then almost ready to have some after pictures. I'm oh so close. Um, We have one more day um, before kids come, um, and I'm gonna have a little bit more time in my classroom. Are you gonna have more time in your classroom, Tanya?
1: I I have about an afternoon in my classroom before kids come. And I think that's pretty much what I need. I mean, I could always use more time, but I'll be okay.
0: Yeah, and I'll say too, like in a typical year when I've been in a school for a while, I don't usually go in much earlier than our initial report date, um, because I find that the time I've given in those days before kids come is usually sufficient if my room is pretty much gonna stay the way it was the year before. But in a year like this, where (laughs) it's a new building and a new classroom, I had a lot of reorganization, I had a lot of my stuff to bring in, I was in early and I even wish I would have gone in even earlier than I did, but yes, MLB, yes. it is what it is. And, um, there will be things that I will probably still be adjusting after the kids come in. It's not going to be a hundred percent perfect. Like nothing's going to change throughout the school year. I'm sure some things will shift. So there's a point where it's like, okay, this is good enough for kids. <laughs> it's at least tidy. Like, will my desk drawers be completely clean and organized before the kids come? No, but they're not going to see that. So I right. just wanted to throw that out there that, you know, things aren't always completely 100% no, a hundred percent perfect. You do wanted.
1: get a point where you're like, this is, you know, all this fine organ, like um, really detailed organizing, is is great and wonderful to have, and you will be thankful later. But you get to a point, I think i I think everybody does, where you're just like, okay, and now there's just some piles of things that are gonna go in this cabinet, and I will revisit them at some point. Yeah. Um, but we gotta the show's gotta get going because kids yeah. are coming in. So yeah, I reached that point. I went in two days early. Um, and during those two days, I did spend a lot of time with detailed organization and some of this organization I've been working on for eh, a good two years, as far as, and I, well, here's what I'm talking about, uh, manipulatives, properly contained and labeled, um, Things that belong to me, like books and puppets, properly contained and labeled because uh, during the last month of school, for the last school year, since I knew I was going to a new school and it was also a school that I was traveling to, to teach, I was bringing carloads um, of materials from one building to the other building. And I'm really thankful that I had that kind of setup and that I could do that. Um, I had 24 years of stuff and it really equaled to about 10 carloads and i'm not a hoarder i promise um it just looks like it sometimes but not really it's a lot Um, i have a lot of stuff I, i know people who have more stuff than i do and from the beginning of my career there are some things that i told myself that i would buy and one of those was books the other one was puppets but then I don't know how many erasers got into that mix, but there's a lot of mini erasers.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: target fines, dollar stop, spot fines, manipulatives uh, that I bought and then didn't get reimbursed for. And now I'm thankful for that because if you were if, if I were reimbursed from my school when I bought certain manipulatives, but then I spent the hours what of what it takes to create, say texting s- sticks on popsicle sticks, Yeah, you know, to either draw in a, a tone set ladder or to use stickers. Cause I have ones with stickers. Um, if I would have taken all the labor to make the materials and then left the materials behind, I would have been frustrated with myself. Right. Um, because it's not just the pain for the sticks. And paying for the stickers. Yeah. It's also the hours that you spend binging whatever show and making the stuff. Yeah. So anyway, that's all. All of that to say is that I have a lot of stuff and I'll include pictures, but I'm really very happy with how I've contained. So as we dig in, can we actually go to your second uh, bullet point? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So instrument and materials.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. Creating zones is what you want to do so yeah um, the first two days that were not that were time the time that i went on my own um what i did at my new school is uh i took everything out of cabinets yep and i think that that's really scary and it looks horrible and it's you know it'll freak you out but i think it's very important to know what you're you've got because there's nothing less satisfying than spending a lot of time organizing one shelf and then like realizing that behind all that stuff that you just organized, there's all this other stuff. 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 Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. So I went in and I cleared out, I would say half of the shelving units um, and spread things out on tables. And, and I was kind of ruthless as far as like, this stays but there's no way this stay like this goes i threw away things that um my my first year teacher self would have never thrown away when i started at my school that i've been at at for 24 years i didn't throw away things because i always had this mindset of well you know i don't know how long i'm going to be here and someone's going to come in who's going to really want these helen kemp beat big books of beat charts.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Right. And so that was like the mindset I had when I was looking at everything I had, there was records. Um, yeah. And there was a turntable as well, but, uh, the turntable no longer works. So why keep the records? But anyway, like, Old textbook series, and when I say old textbook series, I'm not talking about 1980s people. I'm talking about 1950s, yeah,
0: 1960s. Those can go, or keep one for for a record, but don't keep like an entire class set. That's what I often do. If there's a class set of something, I might just keep one, just so I can refer to it or put it under a document camera or something. But um, right, keeping a class set. So yeah,
1: at my new school, I don't have any old. There's no textbooks around. Actually, there is game plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like lot, all the show works are there. Um, and lots of Kodai materials that are duplicates of what I already own. So like, this is kind of like a perfect setting for me to walk into because I don't need a textbook series. I'm right. fine. I, I'm thrilled that I have the extra space. But yeah, I think it's very important to pull out everything, assess what you have. I threw out some scary masks, like it was a clown mask and a witch (laughs) mask. And I'm like, these deserve their own horror film. This is terrifying. (laughs) I mean, I can't imagine showing any age children, including like me. These, they were scary.
0: I saw a picture. They were very
1: scary. I should post that picture of those You should. Masks. Just because it'll give,
0: it'll give everyone a chuckle.
1: I'm like, who, why would you terrorize a child? Like, I, I can't afford my own therapy, let alone everybody else's. No. Right. Anyway, so, yeah. Um, Throw away things. If you don't see that, you'll use them. Now, that said, if you know that there are things that would be baseline supplies for a music room don't throw them away. Right. Right.
0: You won't so be for, for example, <laughs> yeah.
1: So game plan, right. Is the resource that I know a lot of music teachers really value and I know it's very useful. Um, and it's an excellent ORF resource. And I might pull if I might look through them and pull a few things out, but I don't really need, I don't, I'm not going to use game plan a lot, but I'm not going to throw it away. Sure because I understand that that's a resource that a lot of other people value. And let's be honest, this is the end of, well, not the very end, but I'm in the second half of my career. And so I imagine that if I, when I retire in, I don't know, 10 years or so that someone probably have use for game plan. So I'm not throwing that away. Instruments, orphan instruments, unless they are beyond repair, you know, you're not going to say, you know, I have too many glockenspiels. Let's just throw three of them in the trash. That's not something that you should be doing. So within reason, purge what you can. And then um, I'm very lucky that I have these cabinets that are floor to ceiling. Like try to designate in one cabinet um, things that are like go. So I found a lot of, accidentals for ORF instruments, B flats and F sharps for all the xylophones, metallophones, glockenspiels. So I found those in two different cabinets. Also in a separate cabinet were all the mallets. Also in a separate cabinet, there were several glockenspiels. And I'm like, no, no, no. Okay. This is the cabinet where all the barred instrument stuff goes. The mallets go, the extra bars go, the extra instruments go. They live here.
0: Yep. Yeah. I did the same thing. Um, I have kind of two different sections of cabinets on two different walls. So I decided the one on the back wall is going to be for all the instruments. And then there's also some like movement props. So like beanbags and scarves and all those kind of things are all in those cabinets. And, um, I also took the time to make sure that the cabinets were the right height to fit everything that I wanted to fit. And there are huge shelves in these cabinets that are very heavy. So I asked Mm -hmm. my husband to come in. I'm sure the custodian would have helped me too, but my husband was available and he's handy. So I was like, can you just come in and help me move these shelves? So we adjusted the height to make sure everything. Okay. So when
1: you say move shelves, do you mean like you pick them up and move them across the room? No, no,
0: I'm sorry. Up and down. So inside the cabinets, the shelves are adjustable height wise.
1: Mine are too. And I was able to do that by myself mm. because, um, I don't know, it, they're so much easier than the, from the school I was at, uh, like the pegs in there were really easy to, okay. The pegs
0: I, aren't the problem. It's the actual shelves because they're yes, very my, wide I, and very deep. So they're heavy. I would shelves.
1: get in there. Here's what I was doing. I was, my back is a little sore because of this. I got in there and I would like lift it up with my head in my back. Oh, to move the pegs up and down a few just a few times i did that um (laughs) don't worry i used my husband for other things and we'll talk why how but um yeah so i was able to move those well if you didn't know you'll learn very quickly take everything off the shelf
0: before you move the shelf oh yeah how did that happen to you once did something fall on you
1: You know, what was it? I just had some, like, lightweight stuff on there. I thought, I can do it. No, no, you can't.
0: I had once, um, a few years ago, I had had a box with recorders, and there was a lid on the box. And then on top of that box, I sat, you know, those, like, wooden drying racks for the recorders? They're, like those hurt. Yeah. Yeah. I put that house. on top of the box and, but it w- got pushed back. So I couldn't see it was up there. So when I went to lift up the box, it fell and hit me in the head. That was a little yeah. scary.
1: Good times, uh, but I'm, I'm sorry.
0: So, no. yeah. So I did the same thing. I like, I had instruments on one side of the room and all over the place. And I was like, no, they're all going to go in the same cabinet. And then as much as I could, like all the orphan instruments are in the same cabinet, but then half of them spill in the other. And then that's shared with the guitars. And then and the next cabinet is ukuleles and some drums. And then, you know, like all the drums are in the same area. And then I move into my non-pitched percussion on the other side. So, um, yeah, that's just going to be really helpful for me as I'm starting to remember which cabinets everything is. And I didn't necessarily label on the outside of the cabinets where the instruments are. Did you do that, Tanya? So you knew oh, which bin yeah. they are in? Oh,
1: yeah, I would. Yes, let's talk about this because this is a n- new thing that is – Kind of time consuming, but I started doing this with manipulatives, where um, I use those shoebox, plastic shoebox size things. They're like two dollars at Target.
0: Yeah, they're right. not cheap anymore. They always used to be like a dollar. No, no, I, no, get
1: I was $1. at Target this past week, and I got four of them, okay. and and they were like two dollars each. One okay. was two dollars. So That's horrible, thought, but
0: not as cheap as it used to be.
1: No, yes, it's true. It used to be much cheaper, but they're a good investment. I'm done with keeping things in cardboard and writing in marker on the outside. This does not serve me. So, what I started doing back when I started, and this was like over a year ago that I started really containerizing my manipulatives. Is well, let's just take mini erasers because there's so many of them. Um, All of my mini erasers are now in the two ounce condiment cups, Mm -hmm. and there's eight of them, and this is thank you carrie from a suggestion from carrie the two ounce condiment cups you can get lots of them on amazon i forget how much it is but i you can get like 200 for yes i spent some money on the condiment cups and i'm fine with that
0: but they go Uh, with you when you go to your next place
1: (laughs) exactly they oh you betcha they came with me so i used the two-ounce ones i put eight of let's say tulips So I've got eight eraser mini eraser tulips in one condiment cup I put 30 condiment cups in one of those plastic shoe boxes and then um, I create a label and initially I was doing it on Canva but then I just started doing it on Google slides because there's just no there's no need to go through Canva I don't know anyway I find the picture online of the exact thing yeah so you know I found a picture of you type in mini tulip erasers yes. and you find the image and then sometimes I take out the bath background right um, and I do the website where you remove the background and then I put it on a square label like a, in, a, in a square box um, and I label mini tulips erasers or just mini tulips because I know what if it says mini tulips, I know what that means. Um, and I made a label for the very top of the box, for the lid, and for the front of the box. Mm. And I will share a picture. Yeah. Because they are in my cabinets and they are by season. So I really like having these picture labels because I can open it up and I don't have to. I have a label maker, but. It is so much better to just open up the cabinet and see the pictures of like, oh, look, there's bees, there's my fiddlestick sets, there's my popsicle sticks, there's my memory decks that are all about, you know, instruments. And here is my vocal exploration box. And so for everything that I put in a box, I make a picture label. All right, so when we were doing, when I was doing the room, And I was like, okay, now this cabinet has all of the mallets and the bars and the glockenspiels. I made a label that says glockenspiels and I taped it on the outside of on the cabinet door. I also made a label that says mallets and I taped it on the outside. So, yeah, I'm labeling all my cabinets. Not they're not all labeled at this point. Yeah, about half of them are labeled. Well, probably not even half. Um, and this is because all my cabinets look exactly the same. Right. And I have um, Orphan instruments on roly carts in front of my largest bank of cabinets. Mm-hmm. And so I remember this from going into the same music room last year as a traveling teacher. And I'd go in and say, hey, do you have some? rhythm sticks I can borrow? And and he would go, Yeah, let's see. Are they in no, nope, nope they're not in, they're here. in nope, the cabinet. <laughs> they're- yeah. So they're in one of the cabinets and I just it was so frustrating remembering, okay, they're on the third from the right like no 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 yeah so now i have I labels was
0: debating this whether i wanted to label the odds because these the cabinets are also where i was planning on putting my word while well, i haven't done that yet that's my to-do list for monday but um so i was like ooh, if i do that then i won't be able to label the cabinets but i also feel like I've yeah you could you could put them. them at a certain height i could but i i'm feeling like i have zoned my cabinets enough to a point that I don't need to label the outside because I I know now which ones are the ORF instruments, which ones are the drums, which ones are the...
1: Well, the other reason I wanted to do this is that I thought if I have a sub come in... This is true. ...that I can write in the sub plans, open up (laughs) such and such cabinet.
0: I've also thought about just numbering the cabinets and then I could say they cabinet number whatever.
1: Yeah. In my old music room that I just left, I did number all the cabinets... But the problem was I could never remember what number something was in.
0: Right. Like so, if you were making your plans at home and you couldn't yes. walk over and look. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Well, I mean, I would have to think through it and like try to visualize in my head. And I'm like, why Why do all that? If I'm going to print out stuff anyway, I, I think it, for me it's worth the extra time with the pictures yeah. and the labels of exactly what's in this cabinet. And like – I have a couple of cabinets that have drums and they're not exactly where I'd like them to be, but that's because of the shelving situation. So like Tubanos are in cabinets, everything is in a cabinet. Um, And Next to the drum cabinet, there is a cabinet that has a lot of shelving in it. Mm -hmm. And so I'm always opening the wrong one. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, it's the drum one. No, it's the one with the shelves. And so it's very satisfying for me to go, I know they're right there. There's the picture of the Tubanos, and it says Tubanos on that label.
0: Cool. Um, I was also going to ask, because I know there's different ways people do this, um, specifically how you organize your non-pitched percussion. So I know some teachers do it by how it's played, like click, scrape, or metals, or oh. sometimes it's by material, woods, metals, right, right. Um, you know, skins for drums, um, or it, I mean, if you have enough of one instrument, then you just have all the egg shakers in one bin. So how, how do you do that, Tanya?
1: You know, I know I'm holding on to this from years ago, and I thought about it, and I still like this categoriz- categorization. I do ring, click, scrape, rattle.
0: And so it'll be mixed materials in that same bin. You might have exactly. something made of wood, might have something made of metal, but they would be like in a yes. scrape thing. You might have like a wooden guiro and then one of those like metal cabasa kind of things. Yeah, right? exactly.
1: Okay. Yes, and then and I I just started doing that with the tiny bit of ORF training that I had. I learned those labels and I kind of got used to categorizing them in that way. So yeah. That's, I mean, I don't know, as long as you're consistent, I don't think it's not a hill I'm going to die on. Yeah. But, um, and then in my new music room, it was easy because things were already kind of in those categories, except for it was only in one shelf, uh, sorry, in one cabinet. And it was like one shelf of ring things, one shelf of um, scrape things, one shelf of click things. And, yeah. and that, that was hard because there's so many more than one shelf worth especially if you get like rhythm sticks and those are click and and so I've spread those between two large cabinets
0: yeah um yeah I'm kind of all over the place with this right now because i don't have a ton of non-pitched percussion either that's something like purchasing wise is like one of the first things i'm going to make sure i get more of um i usually end up with enough of one item that it gets its own box that's usually my goal like yes when i purchase sand blocks i have enough for a third of the class that's what i start with because you know there are certain things that i want a full class set of egg shakers rhythm yep. sticks hand triangles drums um uh, yeah i know you have a full set of triangles that's never been one of my priorities if you i can. think i have right.
1: two full sets of triangles hey you want to
0: give me some <laughs> i'll buy them from you Maybe. Um, yeah so anyways um but even if i have a third of a class you know that's still a good amount of sandbox so it's going to be in its own little tub and then i'll end up labeling the buckets with the actual name of the instrument rather than but then i always end up with kind of a hodgepodge of like leftover things that will go yeah. into a bucket of click and scrape and you know all that whatever um okay well i was just curious how you did that that
1: makes yeah sense. i don't know i'm just sticking with that because i didn't want to i mean i i for a minute i thought well this would be a time that i, could change that, and I you know what? I'm good with that. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm good with that classification for now. Uh, Whatever works for you. You okay. could do instruments that you hit, instruments that you scrape, instruments um that you shake. Yeah. Do that for yeah. sure. And that would be a lot broader if you have less.
0: Yeah. I also wanted to talk about large items. I know you said you have cabinets big enough to hold tubanos and things. In my room, yeah. I don't. I do not have enough cabinet space for big things. So, like, my largest base bars, um, I have four tubanos. I have those, like, oh, gosh, what do they call it? Those? TikTok blocks, those four temple blocks, I have a set of those on a stand, I have a symbol on a stand. So all like great things, but they're things that are just too big to go into a cabinet in my room. So what I did is I set up my piano in such a way that it's on one of the corners of the room. So I stand behind the piano facing out to the class when I play. So that creates this little corner nook behind the piano and that's where all those big things go because to me it's out of sight and out of temptation of kids to go over. I'm not someone that hides everything all the time and I think it's important that kids learn boundaries. But um you know for those big things I don't want it to be something that they're gonna trip on if we're moving and I don't want it to be something that they're tempted to go bang on. So that has worked well for me to create like a little nook for all my big stuff behind the piano and then that's, that's gonna be idea. like you don't go behind the piano that's just one of our classroom rules and I can easily get them out when I need them totally yeah um well my
1: new room is a stage which I don't love but I'll you know it's I'll get used to it so that's kind of always in the back of my mind as I've been setting up things like my desk I made sure is behind the line of the interior curtain right Right. Because let's say there's something going on and I don't I didn't know about it. If like print if print I were cover. to walk out of the school and then like, oh, yeah, the Boy Scouts are setting up something on the stage. I don't want like the situation where people have to m- move my desk and yeah. the piano. Well, the piano will have to move, but it's on wheels. They can handle that. Sure. Um, I mean, that's to say, I'm pretty sure that I'm going to know about all the things that are happening on the stage, but you never know. But I just wanted it out of like this way. I don't have to worry about shoving it all over the place. But so as far as that goes, I'll get used to it. Um, I'm not going to have a lot of large instruments set out besides the piano because I am able to put most of them in cabinets and there's a storage room right outside of the music room and there's already a bunch of stuff in there that needs to stay in there like there's like some giant speakers there's a mixing board which i have no idea how to use but i'll cross that bridge when i come to it um <laughs> but also there there's some props in there like there's a giant gray rock mm. that i didn't get rid of because i don't know i just maybe i'll use a giant gray rock it was i mean not not a real rock like a like a cardboard situation Mm
0: -hmm.
1: rock anyway um but also in there there's a symbol on one stand on on one little stand uh i put one of my congas in there i put the temple blocks in there and those i'm just going to pull them out as we need them yeah and then away they go um just mostly because i didn't want to put more things out on the stage for when it's going to be the stage and that's not going to happen a whole lot but just you know the less I have to worry about with that, the better. So I'm lucky that I have the storage um, area. Now, this is a sad thing that I have to mention that I was thinking initially for lockdowns, I would take the class into that storage Mm
0: -hmm. area
1: and there's just no way that I can put a class of like 27, 30 kids among the big paper mache rock and the symbol and the congas and
0: yeah, you You know so
1: i'm working on taping up the windows and we're gonna practice being in the dark see what that's like good
0: times yeah 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 Yeah, i have um a stage at my school um and it's like across the hall a couple doors down and there is like a loft area for storage and that's where like my choral music library is, and then yeah, props and things for plays. And then there's a couple of cabinets along the back wall that are for music. And I share. There's a whole bunch of cabinets, but the art teacher uses some, the PE teacher uses some, and I get a couple. And that's where the keyboards are, the handbells are, and then. Something else I wanted to mention is, I mean, you mentioned like manipulatives that you have organized by season. For me, I don't have enough room in my actual room to keep all of my manipulatives for the whole year. So what I did is like my commonly used manipulatives that I can use any time of the year, you know, things like stars and, apples and smiley faces and you know things that aren't seasonal are in my room and then things that are specific to a certain time of year i bought these big storage bags of amazon and i'll link to them in the show notes it came in a pack of four and they're the kind of things you would use in your closet for like storing extra pillows and blankets they're soft but they're like have a waterproof outside to them they remind yeah. me of like giant ikea bags but you can zip them up they have a zipper on the top so i have one for all of my fall stuff so it's like all of my decorations all of My manipulatives for that season I have fall But it's not structured. No, it's not structured. It's kind of loosey-goosey. But that works well for the space I'm going to put them in because they're cabinets with shelves. Um, So yeah, they're soft bags. They're like giant plastic bags. So I have a fall one, I have a winter one, and then I have a spring one, which includes Valentine's Day all the way through the end of the year. So my plan is uh, to have those in those storage cabinets on the stage. I pull one out when I need it, get what I need, and then I can keep the rest tucked away Um, because I just don't have enough room in the actual room to keep that stuff all time so yeah these bags i think are going to be a lifesaver for that yes
1: well should we move on to other
0: thoughts about setting up a room like yes please
1: student seating
0: yeah yeah so obviously this totally depends on your classroom space um what you have space to do um for me i have carpet in my room and i don't have a super huge room so it's just going to be sit spots i got the bright um, rainbow colors, and I'm gonna do six rows in rainbow order, five in each row. I'm gonna number them so each student has a student number. So I'll have 30. None of my classes are over 30. Last time I checked, um, and that's pretty much going to take up the entire floor <laughs> just having those dots in rows, and then, um. When we get up to do movement or whatever, it's fine. We don't have to move anything out of the way. I don't have to deal with chairs or anything like that. In past situations, my very first teaching job, I had a huge room and it was very long. So I was able to set up risers for seating in the front half of the room. And I still had like a movement space in the back half of the room. So if you have a large enough room that you can have chairs or risers or flip forms or whatever and have seating and movement space, that's awesome. But if you don't have a big enough room, to me, I would never put chairs up or something and then not have enough room to move. I'm always going to do sit spots. So if you can, if you have carpet or what Tanya has with hard floor. So why don't you talk about that, Tanya? What are you doing? Okay. I was, this was,
1: uh, yeah, something for me that I had to like really think through because I've never had hard floor and I have a hard tile floor now. Yeah, I've always had carpet and, um, For years i put down a floor staff with velcro with black velcro and you know kids would learn that they're online eg b d or f i mean eventually older grades would be and until then it would be i'm online one two three four or five and it worked beautifully and then i did move to the velcro colored sit spots especially well for covid specifically to make sure kids were spaced properly um anyway all that to say like now I've got hard floor and this has been something I've been really wrestling with and I don't really know how it's going to turn out because I haven't had kids in the room. The, f- the room is very live. You can hear a lot. Yeah. That floor makes a huge difference. Um, and I have a temporary wall in between my room and the gym. Yeah. And PE goes on at the same time. And I'm nervous cause I don't know how that's going to, go so anyway i was looking for a large large rug and i mean i was looking for oh like a 20 by 15 size rug which is like impossible to find for free or for cheap (laughs) yeah and and i didn't want a rug that had lots of stuff on it i didn't want like I know there's those beautiful music rugs and they have all these music symbols. I think that's very distracting and too much. And how does that help with seating with kids? Anyway, so I didn't, and, and they're expensive. So I didn't opt for that. Um, I I did put it out there in the district or actually just among my staff that I was looking for a rug. Uh, and then our my FM, my facility, manager at the school he did find a well one of the first grade teachers was giving up an abc rug Mm -hmm. um, which is colors and it's got all the designs but i took that in and i'm putting it on the side of the room and that's going to be our cozy corner for reading yeah where we were gathering, we can gather. And also I was thinking it doesn't take much to move it. So I think what I'm gonna do is in between classes, like when first grade and kindergarten come in, I'm gonna pull that thing in the middle of the room and have us make a circle around it. Because yeah. we could do that, but it's not gonna live there. Okay, so what I ended up doing, and I just did this today, is I did put set spots down on the hard tile with Cricut laminate. Yeah. And it's the permanent Cricut laminate. I went over to Michael's. You can buy one colored sheet of matte colored laminate for less than $2. It's like $1.79 here. So I bought five different colors. And then at school, I used the circle cutter. Um, not not a Cricut, but, you know, I, I call it a kerchunker, but you know what I mean. It's,
0: it's the, the die-cut machine.
1: The die-cut machine. But yeah. this actually was one of those... Um, large, um,
0: those foamy things. It's like, no, this was not
1: a foamy thing. This is like, you, you put the, it's metal, it's a metal die cut. It's like one shape and you put the thing in and you press it down and it cuts it out. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it it's like an extra thing that's in the supply room Uh next to the foamy, all the foamy choices of. Of shapes and stuff. Okay. I'm not explaining it well. I should have taken a picture. Anyway, so yeah, so I just made a bunch of circles and I put them down. I did five rows mm-hmm. of six dots across and it pretty much covers, you know, the whole floor. I do have room on the side where my desk is and the piano is and then that kindergarten rug. The rug really is there for sound. I'm just thinking any kind of like sound soak up I can get I'm gonna go for yeah. for now without junking up the room um, so we're gonna sit on the laminate the room that I was teaching in as a traveling teacher at this same school also had hard floors this is what I did last year so this is what I went with this year for a few days I was really gung-ho about I'm gonna get a carpet but it's just not happening and I can't afford it and I can't afford, I can't even, I don't know how I would move it Yeah. if I were to find one. And I, there is a few carpets that I had access to at school. And the other problem is the edges roll up and I trip over it and I'm sure kids will trip over it. Um, so that's what I'm going with. I'm doing rows. Um, we're going to be facing the front of the room in the rows. We're going to be making circles quite a bit. And like I said, with kindergarten, and first grade, I think I'm just going to pull my circle. It's more of an oval rug, alphabet rug, into the mm-hmm. middle of the room. You know, I have enough time in between classes. It just takes less than a minute to do and that. And
0: then they won't have assigned seats because they'll just be around the rug
1: maybe for the first couple of days we'll just be around the rug and get to know each other and then i'll do the assigned seats with them i've, I've yeah. not really worked that out yet but i
0: used to do that when i had my two zones my my seated zone and my circle movement zone um i used to always start kindergarten and first grade around the circle at the beginning of the year and then move them to the seats after a week or two um because yeah giving them assigned seats and having them remember assigned seats at that age was tricky
1: yeah exactly yeah so that's what i'm going with because i do want them to be um all facing like the board one way yeah occasionally yeah and i want circle options as well um flexible seating sounds such like such a wonderful idea and i just do not have the room at this time for that
0: yeah um i had at my former school i bought with school money um those IKEA stools. They used to be five bucks a piece. Last I checked, now they're nine bucks a piece. So that oh just my. shows how much things have gone up in price. That was in the last five years. Um, but I had thirty of those, and I would stack them um, so I had enough for a whole class set. And that was for things like when we were playing tubanos, because I had a lot of drums, and when we played ukulele and we played guitar, um, and also then just for flexible seating, the kids could get them out when when we were doing worksheets or stations or those kind of things. Um, this room right now, I only have four tubanos and these kids are used to sitting on the floor from their former music teacher. So I'm not going to worry about that yet. But if I start getting more tubanos or djembes or large drums, I'll definitely need to get more seats because I literally have like two chairs in the entire class. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm wondering what I'm going to do when I do drum circles and stuff. But then I looked in the FM closet where they have some storage and there's a, there's a few stacks of chairs which are oh, like right next to my room. Oh, perfect. Thought, I'll just snag those when it's time.
0: Yeah, there's yeah. a rack of chairs really close that they use, you know, for the gym for performances just down the hall from me. So I suppose I could snag a couple of those when yeah. I Let's talk about books, Tanya. So we'll talk about books. Once you've been teaching for a while, especially if you've done some training, um, you start to amass this collection of books, song books, movement books. So we're talking about like curriculum books, folks on collections, your own folks on collection, plus all of your notes from all of your workshops you go to and all of those kind of things. Um, I always made it a goal to keep those at school because that was part of my attempt to keep school at school and home at home and when I'm doing planning I plan at school and I don't plan at home but between COVID and teaching at home and then traveling between two schools a lot of my books ended up coming home and they've stayed here and I'm debating whether or not to take them to school so Tanya I know your stuff lives at home and you're happy that it lives at home. Well, yes. Oh, so
1: I, we have a very tiny room in our house. That is the office. And a few years ago, we had, um, California closets come and just like optimize it. So it's got lots of shelves. It's got built-in desk. Um, the walls, like that the desk's face are now all, um, have containers that, that hook onto the wall. I'll have to include a picture. I'll have to clean up and then include a picture if you want, Um, no pressure. Yeah. But so I've got one, two, three, four, I've got six pretty long shelves that have been mounted like right above my desk here at home. And this is where all of my school materials and excuse me, some of my husband's well, I, I take up more room and he lets me and that's very nice of him. Um, so my husband is an art teacher, as I've mentioned before. So he has his stuff here as well. Yeah. And I've spent a long time organizing them into zones within my books. So I've got like methodology books and then I've got song books and then I've got, um, one, two, three, five, five notebooks of session notes. From presenters, and those are in alphabetical order. So I've got one that's A through C, and I organize by last name of presenters, and you know, and so on and so forth. Um, yeah, so I've got zones of specific books, and the ones that are floppy. Um, years ago, I started buying the magazine racks that are clear
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, acrylic. Yeah, right. I really like those and I put labels on them. Not pictures, but just labels. So like yeah. all of my American methodology and supporting materials are in one clear uh, magazine rack thing. Sure. Because those are all spiral bound, which I really like that they're spiral bound because they're easy to access. But when they're on the shelf, you're like, what's this floppy thing? Exactly, right? yeah. I've got yes. all my Fire Robin songbooks in one of those. Um, I've got like a world music um, section. So I'm, I'm really happy with how things are set up at home. Yeah. And it's also very helpful for when I go and teach Kodai level one up at CSU for me to just grab that whole magazine rack um, or e- just locate where things are that I want to include, that I bring up to Colorado State University when I teach. Um, so yeah, does that mean I do some planning at home? Yeah, it does. This is my life. It's OK. Um, yeah, that's just yeah, where and I is.
0: really end up doing a lot of planning at home, too. So I'm thinking this year my books are going to stay at home, and I'll see how it goes. And if I hate it, then I'll – the other thing is I don't have a ton of room at my new school. Well, um, and that's
1: the other thing is yeah. that I don't have the same amount of shelf space at school that I have here. And because things are so well organized, I, could, I can just – and I have done this – I can just grab, like, my Fire Robin song books with – within that magazine rack and i could just take that to school if you need
0: to take them yeah if i
1: need to take take. and Mm -hmm. there's never been a day where i've been like i must take you know this like many many things to school like i'll be thinking oh yeah i i I really want to use that um that collection that karen howard put together and i oh but oh here's some other world music books and i could just take that whole section i don't need to take everything all right. so i i'm pretty invested in the time and the organization that i've spent here at home mm-hmm. and i know where everything is so th- things will live at home
0: yeah and like you said i had there are a lot of doubles of things at my school that belong to the school that are double of like exactly. all the susan brumfield song books i have my own copy of those but there's a copy of each of those at school so yeah. like Not everything is there, but there are quite a few things there that if I was in a, you know, if I was dumped and I needed something, I could probably find it there. And if not, then I'll save it for the next time I'm there, you know, like, and if it's like a new song that I'm not as familiar with, maybe I'll just take a picture of that one page of that one song so it's on my phone so then when i go to school if i need to quickly glance at it before the kids come in to make sure i'm singing it correctly but by the time you've sung it a few times then you've got it memorized again oh but
1: it's good to have a picture and i do that a lot so we were talking about my binders that i have um, from session notes i always remember who taught me x song yeah right and like who did the session so i'll go in and i'll take a picture like oh leanne gardner like i know it's i got this one from her so i'll just go in and find it and take a picture and then have that with me and that's awesome yeah um because these are some big heavy notebooks full of session notes which is it's great i love that they're organized and i can find what i need um so that's how i'm doing it
0: yep Yep. Me too. But then picture books, like, you know, song, you know, picture books that you read to kids, um, and use visuals from, for me, those all live at school. Yours as well. Yeah.
1: Yes. Mine as well. And I just did something new. I don't know. I'm trying it out. Um, I color coded, I, I did a rainbow thing. You, I, you saw my rainbow thing. I did. Well,
0: you have to put a picture on. Yes. Well, so show.
1: it's just of the children's books. Yeah. Right because I do tend to visually remember like what it looks like so I'm just trying it out yeah um yeah. I'm usually I, I think it looks nice when people put their books in rainbow order but I don't want to do that with my personal oh, no, collection no, no, no. of books no because way. <laughs> that sounds like a nightmare in finding exactly yeah, what I want yeah. But as far as my picture books that I use in my music classroom, I went ahead and organized them rainbow, and we'll see how it, it works. And okay. I'll know pretty quickly, because I use a lot of books in my classes, I'll know pretty quickly if I can remember that, you know, uh, the book Hurry Up that I like to use for Fast and Slow has this spine. Can I remember that? We'll see. Right. Yeah.
0: All right, and finally, last but not least, let's just talk real quick about like decor and things that you're hanging on your wall. And I know this is something you and I have talked about before that you and I are not theme people. Um, As far as like my theme this year is a woodland theme or my theme this year is space or whatever. I mean, I am just all about this is the music room. I like to make it bright and colorful and cheery and kind of homey. But I don't do like a theme that I change every year and like change out posters and change out stuff.
1: Well, to quote you, Carrie, my theme is music.
0: I know I did say that. Yeah. And yeah. I say that every time it is, I know. I, I just, yeah, to me, it's just, it, it's not know, an important cool. thing. And I don't want to have to change stuff out every single year. And it's yes. just, and, and me, I don't,
1: I don't have a beef with anybody who's living their best life because they are doing all rainbows and butterflies and bees this year. Like, cool. If that makes you happy, go for it. It seems when I think about a theme that's really specific like that, it kind of stress, it does stress me out. It completely yeah. stresses me out because it just, for me, if I'm spending hours and hours, and I would, putting together a theme of bees for my room, that that's time that I'm not spent spending planning for yep. my actual classes. Okay. And I'm sure there's people who are able to do it all because you know that's what makes them happy and and they want to spend time and maybe they have different obligations here and there it's just that doesn't make me happy it stresses me out my theme is music let's go with music um i i want to put things on the wall that my kids will refer to so yeah. something that i've done for years because i've been in the same room forever is that i really Uh, have found a benefit to putting things in the same zones each time. Like Mm -hmm. I had a certain area in my last music room that tempos were always right there. And so when we'd start talking about tempo, it was great because like kids that I've had for years and years, they would always look at this back wall to yep. the left. And I'm like, cause they know that's where the tempos live. Yeah. And then dynamics would always be over here. And so they'd be like, Oh, we're talking about dynamics. Oh, I can't remember what is medium soft. Oh, okay. So I really like that whole idea of taking those zones and using them with visuals and as much as you can put stuff on the wall that you're going to refer to not just to put stuff on the wall
0: yeah i've said this i think every beginning of the school year when we've talked on this podcast that that i don't have bulletin boards in my classroom now i I literally have not one single bulletin board which i'm totally fine with me um (laughs) But, I mean, if you do, don't feel like you have to fill it up. I would start the year every year with blank bulletin boards in my room, and then as we learn things, things get added to the bulletin board. Um, I just, I think that's really important too, to not just throw stuff up in the wall because it's going to make the room feel cluttered, it's going to make it feel smaller, it's going to be too visually distracting for the kids, so less is more. I always when it comes to classroom decor and classroom stuff on the walls I I like blank walls I really really do (laughs) I'm okay with just blank and simple and you know I do like colors um you know I've got the bright colored sit spots in my room right now I have a one bright orange wall so I have to be very conscious of that and think about what else I want to bring in so it doesn't get too too mucky in there
1: yeah and i think people do some beautiful things and i think that's awesome oh yeah um i i've seen wonderful artistic stuff um it's not where i want to spend my time like my husband is wonderful at all of that and does some fantastic displays like school-wide like in the hallways and puts up artwork and then i know my new art teacher well, she's not new. I'm, I'm new. But my new teammate to me, uh, she does wonderful things all over the school. And, and that's who should be taking up all that space. Yeah. Right. 100%. And I will put things outside of my room occasionally mm-hmm. to show something that we've been doing. And I will do that still. But as far as like inside the room, I keep it pretty simple. Um, I do like to have tempo, tempos, dynamics. Um, not every single music word ever, but words that we refer to. And I, like you said, I like the, for those to go up as we're talking about them, if at all possible. Uh, but then beyond that, you know, I mean, I might have a couple of inspirational, like I have some nice pictures, framed things that people have given me. Um, and I might put those like right next to the door in or the door out, but I don't, I, I'm like what you said i don't the visual too much visual for me is overstimulating and since that's how i'm feeling i'm wondering how kids are feeling so it's always worth asking who is this for
0: yeah exactly
1: when you put something up who is this for and if it's for you there's nothing wrong with that but just admit that you know it's not really for the kids this is because i like to look at all the bumblebees
0: right and then just be careful. It's not too much, especially for your kids who can get easily, overly stimulated, which is all kids. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So um, this podcast is scheduled to drop on a Sunday. And I would say by the end of the week, maybe we'll have some pictures and videos on our socials. Don't look for them right away the day this podcast comes <laughs> out because we're both still working in our rooms. Yes. But um, um Yeah. Come back later on our Instagram page or our Facebook page, and we'll we'll have some things up there for you to see. And then, of course, we'll have things in the show notes as well, and all of that you can find at musicteachercoffeetalkpodcast.com. dot Yeah.
1: And now it's time for our No Better, Do Better segment, where Carrie's gonna. Give us some kind of idea that will help us be a lot more inclusive and thoughtful about our choices in the music room.
0: Yeah. So we know we, we've talked about this so many times on the podcast and obviously it's a common theme all the time, talking about making sure you know how to pronounce students' names correctly and how important it is to know your students' names well as quickly as possible. Tanya and I are both going into new school communities, so we know we have our work cut out for us, which is why it's so important to include different name games in in a musical way at the beginning of the year. So this is one that I learned from Aileen Miracle, and I had kind of forgot about it, and I was going through presenter notebooks, just like Tanya was talking about, and I was like, oh yeah, this one from Aileen is just, it's really cute. Um, So thank you, Aileen, and I will put the notation for this in the show notes, as well as link to a blog post of hers, where she talks about this song and some other name games as well. She's got a few other ideas, and Aileen's always got great ideas. So this specific one, I'd say, is great for primary students, and it goes rickety, rackety, rockety-ree, Will you say your name for me? And when I do this with students, I have them say their name twice. So if it was my turn, I'd say Carrie, and then the class would echo Carrie, and then again, Carrie, Carry, And I always have them do it twice because sometimes it's hard to understand kids the very first time they say it. So it's good to hear that twice for, for me, for the other students to hear it twice, and then we move around the room. So that's what we do on day one of the music room. I've always done this one in second grade, but you could certainly put it in other grades. And then the next time I see them, I change it to rickety rackety rockety re Will you clap your name for me? And so now they're saying it and they're clapping it. So carry everyone echoes. And again, this all comes from Aileen. So thanks Aileen. And then the third time I see them I have a hand drum, one hand drum, and I say, rickety rockety rockety ree, will you play your name for me? So now they tap the syllables of their name on the hand drum. Everybody says it back. We pass the drum around the room. So um, this one I definitely do for at least three lessons in a row with those steps. Um, You could certainly add more things to it, but just a great little name game to get you hearing their names, repeating their names, and saying their names correctly now it's time for a work smarter not harder teacher tip we've shared a lot with our main theme but Tanya's got another one for us so go for it Tanya
1: okay so just today um, me and my husband went into my new music room thank you thank you Craig um, I'm so very very thankful because uh, I Don't have bulletin boards either just like you were talking about I have cabinets cabinets cabinets, which is great for storage and honestly, this is good for me because me and bulletin boards. I'll do a whole bulletin board step back and notice that it's all kind of falling, you know, to the right and I'm not very good with measuring. Um, Anyway, so I do have some large, large space way up high that I really wanted to put my map. So I've got a US map and I've got a world map and both of these are fabric that I got a few years ago um, at a fabric store. And so it's literally just like cotton, but it's wonderful, very colorful world map, US map. Um, And I wanted one on one side of the room, one on the other side of the room, and there's these perfect spots to put them. But it was very hard to get there because I'm short and I was standing on tables and I still couldn't do it. But my husband came and helped me. That's why he came, because he's much taller than I am. Um, And then while trying to figure out how to put the maps up we realized that this wall is not one that you can push pens into. Mm. It's really, it's probably brick underneath, but it's hard to tell, Um, brick or concrete underneath. So yeah, I like bent up a thumbtack just trying to push it into that wall. Uh, But Katie Wonderly, who I have to give a shout out to, who is a music teacher in Oklahoma. And if you're not following her on Instagram, you really should, because she's got some beautiful ideas. She does a lot of wonderful visuals. And something that she had on her Instagram very recently was this idea of putting painter's tape on the wall and then painters... Well, she was showing laminated posters and things that you can just directly onto the painter's tape. You put hot glue and you put your uh, laminated thing right on the painter's tape and that it just stays up for... um, walls that it's hard to push things into well so what we ended up doing is we put we on all the borders of each fabric each map we put painters tape all around the border and then put it up also painters tape a big box to fit it up on the wall and then my husband craig used hot glue and glued on top of the painters tape that was already on the wall and then he was able to not only Get it up there, but also like stretch it so that all of the wrinkles came out. Because mm-hmm. I literally was going to take my iron to school and iron the wall way <laughs> up high and probably drop a hot iron on my head. Oh gosh, no, don't that's, do that. That's the kind of things that I do. But um, yeah, I'm just thinking of like what I would have been doing you know if Craig hadn't been there he's an art teacher he's got all of the awesome tricks but he hadn't heard about this one but we're just we're so excited that things are staying on the wall because Yay! we've got the painter's tape and the hot glue so I'm not worried about ruining the wall um well that was the other thing is that when we, we took off well there was some things that were taped on the wall with duck well not duct tape but um packing tape Mm. it took off the paint
0: yeah and
1: then it was very obvious that there were lots of missing paint areas that were not as a result of us taking off what had been most recent but past sins of tape yeah and that's pretty much why things were up there in the first place is to cover all that yeah so anyway my tip is hot glue and painters tape for the win awesome And now it's time for our coda section, where we can talk about something we are enjoying inside or outside of the music room. Even though there's been a lot of inside the music room,
0: Um, yeah, yeah, no. Mine's gonna be mine's outside because it was one of my summertime binges. I kind of caught up on some shows over the summer, as one does. And um, I got to give a shout out to The Dropout on Hulu. Have you watched this, Tanya?
1: Oh, is this the one that's about the woman who had the DNA...
0: It's blood um, testing, but yes. So testing, it yeah. it tells the story of Elizabeth Holmes, who founded the company Theranos, and right. her whole story of what led up to that, and then you know the fallout that ensued afterwards. And it stars um, Amanda. Is it Seyfried? Is that how you pronounce her name? Si- Seyfried? Cifred? Yeah. I always say her name I wrong. I think it's Cifred. Yeah. But I could be wrong. Who? I mean. She's been in one of my most favorite movies is Mean Girls and wow, talk about like complete opposite character of who she was in Mean Girls and she was in Les Mis and all that and um, Naveen Andrews who was in Lost if you ever watched that from way back in the day Um, and then just lots of other amazing actors. Um, It's just a really well done show. Um, You know, it's like a dramatic you know docu series kind of thing. Um, and Amanda Seyfried is amazing. She is so good in this show. Um, yeah. So if you have Hulu and you haven't watched it, it's it's a good one. Um, I think I binged it all in like two days when I had come back from a vacation and I was like, I'm not gonna leave my house for a couple days because I just want to stay home and and cocoon into my couch and with the air conditioning. And that's what I did. And it's really really good. So
1: nice. Okay. What about you, Tanya? Well, I've been reading a book that I like a lot, and it recently came out. It's called Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. It's a novel um, by Gabriel Zevin, and it's really about two friends, a boy and a girl, and we, we meet them when they're like 11, 10 years old, um, and they end up creating video games together. Hmm and it's just kind of but it's not really about video games it's really more about their friendship and relationship and not not really a love story but kind of a um soulmate story and you know they mention the games but it's not i'm not really a gamer so you know it's it's didn't turn me off at all but it's just a wonderful cozy book i'm not yet done with it i hope things don't get tragic because that would be sad um but it's, it's just been really nice, uh, something to, I've been listening to the audiobook and I've been reading it on my Kindle because I just didn't want to stop reading the book when I was doing other things. So, you know, it's good to listen to it too. Awesome.
0: We've reached the double bar line. Thank you for listening to Music Teacher Coffee Talk. Show notes can be found at Podcast.com. You can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. Just look for Music Teacher Coffee Talk. If you enjoyed
1: this show, please consider subscribing, rating, and leaving us a review on iTunes to help others find this podcast. And we always appreciate folks buying us a coffee, so look for that link on our show notes and on our Facebook page. Next time, we'll be talking about teaching tips for the first month of school. Until next time, this is Tanya.
0: And this is Carrie, wishing you happy musicking. Hello, and welcome to the Music Teacher Coffee Talk Podcast. I'm Carrie,
1: And I'm Tanya. We are both elementary music teachers who love to shop, talk. We love to shop, too. (laughs) We love to shop and talk and talk, shop and shop, talk.